What's up, brother man? Here I am. <laughs> well, welcome back to the podcast. I think I think you've I think you're actually holding the record at this point for my most for the for for the guy that's been on the podcast more times. Uh, oh, nice. I think it's actually I think it's you and Jeff Tate to be honest. Wow, I'm I'm Better. flattered. I'm flattened. You're flattened. Yeah. <laughs> I wish flattened. I was flattened, man. I could use, <laughs> I could use some flattening here. You know? <laughs> Dude, so so much has been going on. And of course, like I feel like the last time you and I actually did this like formal interview thing, it was, you yeah. know, you know, we're, we're talking, you know, pre-COVID, we were doing you had just put out your uh solo album at the time. Um Oh gosh, I'm, I'm terrible with names. Thank you. It was the, the cyborg Jr. on uh, the cover. Yeah, the Wired for Madness. Wired thing. for Madness. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah, yeah. With those beautiful yeah. songs on there, and <clears throat> um, and then all of a sudden, you know, everything kind of starts to yeah. melt down. You know, right, right. Like you found a way to basically turn lemons into lemonade with the whole. COVID thing in a time where so many of us musicians, you know, myself included, you know, I don't even do this for a living. And the impact on me was dramatic as an artist and musician, you know? So like, where did all, I mean, like, did it take you a little bit to kind of get your footing as far as, because you really immersed yourself in like the, the social media world with, patreon and yeah. getting your fans yeah. involved and kind of creating a whole right. um, culture for yourself like yeah so one of the things that happened was that you know because i'm a social person and i enjoy entertaining and mm-hmm. connecting with people my first reaction to being in a lockdown was to reach out and be like social so i was starting to do like you know like um free Facebook live posts almost every day. It was, I was just finding it very like fun, almost cathartic kind of healing and nice to be able to share, you know, music with people. And, and I would just, that was me buzzing, but uh, <laughs> I was looking at my yeah, phone so too. <laughs> I, yeah, right. I am. Um, so I loved it. I was just sharing every day. Finally, I got to a point where I was still enjoying it, but I was thinking, well, you know what? Maybe I'm sending the wrong message to the world. Like music, why am I giving everything away? Like, I like it, you know, but but there's musicians that are trying to make a living. So we're trying to, you know, I'm trying to have the right influence and and um, put the right message out. So I did some research about what how I could turn it into something that felt a bit more right all in all, where I could still share and let my heart out and my music out and do what I do and connect with people. But at the same time, make them aware of you know, in this case, a service called Patreon that allows the listeners, the fans to give back a little. So I set up a community where I could have a like inner circle and people could be involved in it and get, you know, get the, the benefits of being part of my world and being able to communicate with me, which is one of the things that I do through Patreon. I talk to anybody who's a Patreon patron can message me and I'll, you know, and I'll write back where as you know, the reality is in the real world, I'm getting messages every day from so many people on every different platform, people trying to reach me, people trying to let me hear their songs, people inviting me to 
play on their garage band, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff. It's very, it's all cool, but it's all too much for one person to manage. So Patreon allows me to share. It allows me to interact with the people who, you know, are really into it and want to uh, give back a little bit themselves. So it made great sense. And in doing that, I set this cool thing up and it also got me into like other stuff that I didn't know about. Like, I got all these cool cameras all around the room. I got these cool lights. You know, I stay one by one. I started finding out about stuff, asking a lot of questions. You know, when you're when you're involved in wanting to learn new technology, we don't automatically know how to do it. Like I didn't know anything about a HD, uh, HDMI uh, video mixer or these more advanced cameras. I had to ask. So I asked a lot of friends, I got a lot of information and, and step by step, really very like this, Mm -hmm. I got the information and I put together what I needed, like anything we do. Like, I'm sure you just didn't one day say, Oh, I'm going to do like podcasting. I need this mic. I need these headphones. I need this thing. I know how to work. You have to ask, you have to like, Oh yeah. What do I need to do that? And you first, you try it one day and go, Oh, Oh, if I added this to my system, it'll be that much better. And you, you know what I mean? It's just kind of like you learn and you grow. And if you're really interested to do something, you find out how to do it. So that was amazing. So now I've got this very cool studio that keeps getting, you know, better. And a lot of it is a lot of it happened because we were home so much and Uh could really focus on it. You know, not that the Patreon thing is going to stop when I finally get back on the road. I'm still really excited about it because then I can go back to so many other things that I love to do. Like, Hey, this is me backstage. This is me walking around the streets of Vienna. This is a lot of fun things to do on that level too. So that's going to be cool. Um, And then, you know, the other thing I was able to do is put together a solo album that was kind of like a musical diary at the time. Started out just me playing music in the studio, just my own head, really, and uh-huh. just kind of letting my emotions out and in the musical form. Finally, I got to a point where I was like, wow, I got a lot of music here. I should really like share this. So it ended up, you know, uh, being an album, which I called a chapter in time, uh-huh. which, uh, you know, I think really, you know, was it was a uh a marker in time for me of where, where I was at, where we're at and uh, you know, kind of a nice thing. So, you know, this, this, there's so much just kind of like going on and, you know, managed to do a new liquid tension album after 22 years, which was incredible to get those people in the studio. It was like a blink of an eye. Talk about getting a different perspective of time. Like, Oh yeah. I was like, Oh my God, it just, it doesn't seem like that long ago that we were all in the studio together. Like, right. weeks or month but not 22 years that's ridiculous so yeah well it's kind of funny because with like the whole you know like one of the things i noticed was that with the kind of slowing down of the world it kind of opened up things for us to do or at least like like for me i don't want to speak for you but but you know opened up things for me to do that i had been saying like oh you know i i would do this but i'm busy with my band or you know what i'd like to do this but i've got a bunch of shows booked and we've got to rehearse for shows like so then all of a sudden when that kind of you know ceased to happen right the world was my oyster again, you know? And so, you know, once I kind of shook the dust off a little bit of like, Oh my God, okay, this is happening. Then I was like, okay, like now it's time for me to do 
the things I wanted to do. So, so awesome. I mean, in a lot of ways, it kind of agreed part. with me artistically, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Which I know a lot of people can't say, but yeah, I just had to make the most of it, you know? And it sounds like you did the same too. And especially with, you know, the, the, you know, a chapter in time, which hit me like super hard in a good way, because, you know, it took me a while to review it on my blog because it was one of those things that when I first heard it, I was so overcome, you know, with the emotion of it that I couldn't really put it to words right away because it was so many things that I was feeling and Mm -hmm. dealing with, you know, and that, that album to me was, um, and I can't remember exactly what I wrote. So I pulled it up so I could read it to you just, and basically what I, what I wrote was um, a chapter in time is precisely what it says it is. It's a part of history that we never thought our world would see, but like all great works of history, a chapter in time will be one of those things that generations from now, music lovers will be able to listen to feel and understand just what we all experienced during these darker days. It's truly a universal language and a chapter in time speaks volumes without the need. So to do with words. And that to me was like the, the magic of that album, which also inspired me as an instrumental musician was because so much can be said through just music you know, as opposed to f- the, the need to do so right. with words. Yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, I've always expressed myself most with or eat more, you know, most easily with the music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would, you know, when I was really, really young and started to play the piano, I would just like feel something really deeply and just go to the piano to kind of release it and, you know, let it out. That's always been who I am, you know, when I feel something, I, it's, it's, it's really healing for me to just go sit and play, you know, end of a day, been through whatever rough day, good day, who knows what, just mm-hmm. like go put my hands in the keys and just vibe out and just mm-hmm. release and, you know, just get the, get the expression out there, you know? Um, I mean, I play music mostly for myself because I find it to be healing and I find it's a way to almost like tune up my own energy. And then if I can share it with, you know, you and everybody else in the world, wow, it just creates, you know, this bigger kind of loop of, of, mm-hmm. of magic. It's just such a nice thing, but, you know, to be totally honest, it starts with me. Like, it's you know, like, how do I feel? How am I, how am I able to take the ideas that were, you know, like almost I have like antennas on my head and take the emotions and the ideas how can I let them through me? How can they, how can it come out of my hands? How fluidly can that all happen? Can I just and have it be this water-like, you know, fluid expression or are there blocks? There are the channels that are like blocking the, the ideas from coming out into my instrument. And that's what I, that's my life's mission. Uh-huh. You know, like all the other stuff I do great, but what I'm really working on is what I just said. So it's, yeah, I mean, because it's that, it's, it's that power of music being such a, again, like we said, you know, like, you know, you know, music's the universal language, you know, that and to some, to a lot of people that could be a, you know, cliche of sorts, but it's the one true thing that it's, it's, it's the one 
truest description of music when, you know, um, there was a band in the 90s. Um, I forgot what they were called. Um, oh, they were called Acoustic Junction. They were kind of like a folk band, rock band from Colorado. And they had a T-shirt and on the back of their T-shirt said, when music, when words fail, music speaks. Oh, beautiful. And I just remember awesome. that stuck with me for so long. And that that applies to music in general, you know, because sometimes I don't want to hear words. I, yeah. I want to feel <clears throat> that music like I like because I feel like sometimes words tell you things that you want to well, that right. you feel like you need to hear. Mm. Music allows you to interpret that yourself. You know, what's funny is like, uh, I like vocal music, you know, I like things with words, but the reality, and I even like writing words, although most people don't in, from the dream theater audience don't know that because they don't write words within dream theater. But um, one of the things about words to me is that I like hearing the expression of the vocalist, the sound, the quality. And the only time I really notice what, like, like what words are be like literally what words are being said is when they don't fit the music. Like, <laughs> you know, when it's just like a sound that just doesn't go with the, the flow of things. Uh-huh. Like I always remember this Genesis song. I love Genesis, you know, especially like the trick of the tail days. And I remember something on one of their albums was like, Oh, the singing along and I'm floating, you know, reaching a higher dimension or however you want to say it. And all of a sudden, like, one of the words is like, and the nurse will present you the bill and whatever space I was in when I heard, like, I didn't hear any of the words. And all of a sudden he says that and I go, Gonk, and I drop down and go, what, what Why? nurse, <laughs> what bill? Like, I can't, don't, don't bring me down. You know, like that's not cool. <laughs> or like, uh, you know, other things that do that for me, maybe are not, are not so much like wordy, wordy, but kind of almost the same feeling is like, you know, you have music like, and even Dream Theater has been guilty of this in their career, not because of me, but maybe for, for other reasons. But like, you know, you're, you're listening along. It's all good. You're going for the ride, floating nicely. And all of a sudden there's like a police siren in the music. And you're like, what? <laughs> That's the last thing I want to hear. You're like, come on. You know, that things that are like distracting to the to the vibe. Uh, I'm very sensitive to uh, to all that kind of stuff. But that's 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 really that that's a really cool, you know, thing to experience, you, you know, in, in on that level of consciousness, you know, when you're like listening to music for sometimes, you know, uh, you know a, a word or, or a lyric or a line yeah. can completely jar you out of yeah, like, because if you're invested in something like you know music like especially for people like you and i who like really and a lot you know a bunch of people out there who really listen to music i mean i think it was more something that happened in the old days you know you'd sit down with friends or sit down by yourself put yourself in the middle of the speakers with headphones and go for the ride you know you put on close to the edge by yes and you're like you're you're traveling with them. You're there. You're not checking your email or doing text messaging or doing other things while you're doing it. You're really going for it. So if there's things that so the artist has, has a responsibility in that case, you know, you, you want to take people on that journey, you know, and you have to be conscious that they're with you. It's almost like here. It's all it's responsibility in that sense. And, and, and there is there is a level of kind of like you said, it. It, you know, it's a double-edged thing. It's like, you know, you, you, 
at the end of the day, we play music because it's, you know, and <clears throat> I, excuse me, I hate to use the word selfish because it sounds like a very abrasive term, but in a way it's a very kind of selfish thing for us. Like we do it for ourselves because it's how we deal or how we unwind or how we express right. emotions and words to yeah. people who might not know us, you know, right. Right. but when the ultimate goal though, is, you know, I always used to tell my band, I said, to me, the definition of success is when somebody can tell me that something I wrote or something I moved them mm-hmm. in one form or another. And to me, that's, that's success. And that's like, what, I guess that's what you're talking about. Right. Is it like, you know, if you can take someone on a journey, yes, that doesn't right, know you right. personally, that maybe has never even talked to you or even seen you, but they can hear you do something and go someplace with it. Right. That's a beautiful thing. And I've been, you know, I've been lucky enough to uh, spend the last you know week getting a lot of messages like that because of course the new dream theater album was put out on the 22nd mm-hmm. and a lot of people all around the world, friends and fans and, you know, have been listening to it and reacting and it happens to be generating a lot of response, which is awesome because, you know, I went in the studio, got together with the guys, we wrote the music, we put it out, we released it, and now it's getting the feedback. Now other people are hearing it and sharing it and going for the ride and, you know, and loving it or hating it or hopefully mostly loving it. But it's having an impact, you know, on uh, it's having a real impact on a lot of people, mm-hmm. which is so fun. You know, it's, it's awesome. Well, so uh, to just backtrack real quick about uh, a chapter in time, uh, you you put that out yourself um, via your Bandcamp uh, site. Um, what <laughs> what made you decide to do it that way as opposed to like you know release it on CD, put it on vinyl, put it on yeah, Spotify, yeah. and everything? Like, what was it about keeping it? To yeah, that yeah. One, focus. yeah, focus. Well, you know, when I did it again, it wasn't, I wasn't planning on making an album. I was mm-hmm. just making music. And, and I, at some point I decided to put to, uh, I should release it. And then I was thinking, well, I don't know where this is going. You know, it's just me. It's just, you know, my own thing. How many people are going to be interested in this kind of album? I didn't really know. And I thought, well, maybe should I put it on like Apple music? Should I put it on Spotify? And dream theater had done this thing uh, for a last Christmas, I guess it was where we, we wrote a song and we put it on Bandcamp and we took all the proceeds and we we took the money and we divided it amongst our our main crew. Right. People. Yeah, I remember and, that. Yes. And I, and you know that left an impression on me because Bandcamp was able to generate you know a good good amount of money for all our well, for all our friends who needed money you know because we we're off the road and everything. So I was thinking, wow, that service really works. Like you can put music in there and people will pay for it. Mm-hmm. So. You know, am I putting it on Spotify, like where I'll see what, what half a penny, or am I going to maybe mm-hmm. put it on Bandcamp, where perhaps I'll get, you know, pay my expenses or who the hell knows what? Right. So I decided to do that, and I said, you know, for now, this fuck, you know, the other streaming services, why, why do that? Like, you want to hear right. it, get it on Bandcamp and buy it. So, uh, you know, I was very pleasantly surprised, really grateful that a platform existed like that where I could actually see decent, you know, money come back from my, from my efforts. So I'm very happy with that decision. Now, why didn't I make it into a CD? I'd like actually to make, to turn it into vinyl. 
Uh, oh, I would you know, love I, to hear that. The, the, the cover work was so pretty, you know, uh, Luke, Lucas Wormsbecker did it really wonderful guy, friend of mine, artist. And it's just, you know, so nice. I'd love to see it like on vinyl. Right. So right. Definitely, definitely thinking about making that happen, you know, um, but I guess that was the thinking behind it, you know, just, uh, just put it, I, I didn't even know I was going to put it out there at all. So I did, I did put it out there and then people got it. I got some funds back in return, which was great. And maybe, you know, maybe at some point I will put it on like Apple music and Spotify now that the core audience has heard it and had the opportunity to give back a little bit. Uh, and yeah, it's kind of where that's at. Bandcamp is like one of those things that, you know, I mean, like I remember being, you know, in bands in the, you know, the late eighties, you know, even going into the nineties where like, you know, you really had to hit the pavement, you know, like you had your demo cassettes and you had your really cheesy eight by 10 and your bio that was typed up on a word processor or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you handed out flyers and, you know, and like now all the, like, like to, to even fathom making anything that was a better quality than a four track recording was like, I, I, I can't even do that. And now all of a sudden, you know, we've got these incredible <laughs> platforms, you know, and, and Bandcamp, like you said, being one of them Yeah. that I've seen some, re- I mean, my band has used Bandcamp for, uh, you know, we, when we were together, we used it. I've been using it since it first came out for all my solo stuff. Yeah. And they even did some really great stuff during the pandemic where they were like, I think it was like one Friday a month or something. They totally ate their fees and all oh, the right, artists right. that sold on those Fridays got a hundred percent, you know, it yeah. was just really cool to see people stepping up and kind of helping out, you know, the artists and in, in the, in a time where, so many of them need I know it. it's a very cool platform I really like it and there are many platforms to sort through and that's part of the confusion of our day but you know Bandcamp I will say my experience has been really great with it and uh you know I mean it was appropriate for what it what that project was you know mm-hmm. it's very cool so Dream Theater put out the the new album A View from the Top of the World mm-hmm. and I listened to it. I have to say the first time I I spun it through, my first thought was they've kind of gone back a little bit to somewhat of a roots sound that was established not too long ago. I mean, like years ago, I should say a while ago. Uh Um, The thing I love, one of the things I love the most about dream theater is like with any other progressive act that I've ever listened to, is that people always have different things to say or different things to compare it to. Mm. Um, as someone who listened to dream theater since, you know, the images and words, you know, I don't think it went that far back, but it definitely did seem to kind of dial back a little bit into like a, a, a more of a roots sound within the dream theater sound, um, which again, isn't a horrible thing. I loved that. I mean, would you say that that's what that felt like or is that totally um, off? I mean, I can relate to that. I mean, the reality is dream theater is, you know, has a particular sound that we have, you know, it's like, 
it's such an established band, you know, for so many years of doing, and, and we have albums that are a little bit more this way, a little, you know, like Octavarium is a little bit more prog, Train of Thought is a little heavier, right. you know, the distance over time is a little bit more dialed in because the shorter songs, the view from the top of the world is a little more spread out, a little maybe more freer, but also kind of on the slightly heavier side. Um, I think it's all, all the music. My perspective is that it's all playing within this, I don't want to call it a box, but within, within this mold of styles that we incorporate, you know, huh. and, and it's a little bit more this way, pulls a little this side. But I think that this album, one of the things about this album that makes it, I think, special is that there's a really unique kind of energy behind it, that particular, you know, like feelings that we all walked into that studio with and kind of like let out into our music. It, it's definitely, I think, palatable. You can, you can, you can sense it. Right. Uh, if there's any difference in this album as compared to the other ones we've done, it's the quality of the energy that we put into this. That's the time we spent crafting as a keyboard player. It's the time that I spent, you know, like working on my sounds and incorporating new sounds and finding different kinds of pads and bringing in my old mini mode, which has an incredible vintage sound. Yes. <clears throat> you know, it's just great. Or using the newest Moog one, the mothership Moog, and just kind of expanding on that world and being excited about putting my hands on all this coolness uh -huh. and my new orchestral sounds, 66 trombone sounds from uh, HBO or the Spitfire BBC library or cine samples, incredible French horns or, right. you know, any of these uh, things or Vienna instruments, you know, beautiful uh, strings and woodwinds. I mean, I just had so much fun, like digging into my palette of sounds that, you know, that was, that was kind of like my journey with this album. But, you know, when you look at everybody else, everybody had their kind of like specific or, energy that they walked in with like Mike Mangini was raring to go with some, you know, excitement about just turning us on to all these cool rhythms that he was working mm -hmm. on. And that inspired us. And John, you know, had gotten his eight string guitar and that was really exciting for him. And John, my young had his new stuff and we all felt, you know, really vital and like, okay, let's go in and smash this thing out. Right. I think that's, I think that's what it is that people feel. You know, um, as far as what I can tell and, you know, what I experienced going in there. Um, but I will say, you know, one of the things that we did do and that relates to your feelings or your comment is that we had just, you know, before COVID happened, we were touring the world with Scenes from a Memory. And yes. Scenes from a Memory was, you know, one of our most important albums. It was the first album I did with the band. Mm -hmm. And that has over the years gotten a really special kind of fan reaction. It's one of the most important albums that people, you know, they think about dream theater. So we wanted to, you know, we actively looked to capture some of that spirit. Like, what is it about? We wanted to learn. What is it about that album that people love so much? What can we, what can we grab onto? What can we, what can we, what elements can we use in the new one that will give people that feeling again? So, you know, there, there was that. So yeah, there's a lot of elements that go into it. We're really, really super excited about this release. It's, you know, it hit number one in the iTunes rock and metal charts. Yeah. It was number four, all, all in all on, on those charts. And it's done so well and it's been so exciting. You know, it's like, 
I don't know. You just go through, you know, life and you do your thing and you put the music out and it's almost like you throw it on the wall and you see if something sticks and, mm-hmm. you know, and you move on and you do whatever you do. So, um, you know, I'm just so glad that my time, uh, you know, with Dream Theater has been so productive and can be so enjoyed mm-hmm. and successful, too, because, you know, it's a different world out there. And, and, and like one of, the, one of the funny things I was wondering about was that, you know, like we put out the alien, the first single, <clears throat> and it's not like, you know, when Dream Theater put out images and words <clears throat> years ago and had like pull me under where that single kind of shaped their career and like led them to, you know, everything that is today. Right, Nowadays, right, like right. We, we got more attention on the alien than anything I could even remember mm-hmm. in my time with the band. But where does that actually go? What does it mean in today's world? It's not the same. I don't know yet. Well, let's talk in a year and let's see what happens to Dream Theater's career. Uh, you know, I just don't know. And then it's going to be really interesting to see how the music business actually, you know, kind of reshapes itself and continues to evolve, which will dictate what happens with a band like Dream Theater that is putting something else that's powerful and changing, you know, the minds of a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I'm fascinated with that. Because again, I haven't seen a reaction like this in my time. So does it mean our career will get bigger? You know, does it mean we'll sell more records? Does it mean we'll be invited on better shows? Does it mean people? <laughs> does it mean people just tell us to fuck off? I don't know what it means. Like, and I'm and I, I, will I yes know. reunite and then have you guys out? You know, <laughs> <laughs> who knows? We'll see. We'll see. It's all it's all interesting, you know, at this point. But meanwhile, so that so that was great to get that out there, and now it's like a week later after we released it, and uh, and I'll enjoy seeing what that what what that push of energy out brings back to all of us, you know, it'd be very cool. But at the same time, you know, I've been, uh, one of the things I've really been uh, enjoying and, and you know about it, because we talk about it is all the apps. Like I'm working, I'm always busy. Like, you know, this year is going to be a big year for putting out music apps. Oh, that yeah. was actually next on my list. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, the, the app that I put out most that has been released most recently is this one called Vivum, which is like rhythm, but with a V. And that's, as we mentioned, that's a, that's a music performance visualizer. Mm-hmm. So if you're out there and you're listening to this, Vivum is actually a free app on Android and iOS and also desktop. Um, and so you can just go download it and play around with it. But there's these different modes like, you know, there's like the fluid mode and there's the shape mode. And in order to open them up, there's a small charge for each mode, um, like a dollar or dollar ninety nine or something to, to just kind of free those modes in the system. Right. So, yeah. So go. So if you're listening, go play with it. Check it out. If you're inspired, certainly, you know, open up those modes. Um, so that was my last one. Uh, on my birthday, which is November 4th, for anybody interested, we're having a big celebration because I'm releasing my my next music app. Uh, and it's called Polywave. I, yes. I sent it to you. I promised you that I would spend a few minutes showing you a little bit about it. Um, and we'll do that, you know, afterwards. But um, but yeah, I, I partnered with a company called Finger Lab, which is out of France. Um, and we put together this really cool app. It's kind of like a, my own take on the idea of wave sequencing. I was very inspired by the wave uh, station by Korg years ago. And I always felt like there's more that can be done with that kind of idea of stringing together waveforms. Right. So I work with um, this wonderful guy, his name is Aurelien Potter uh, from France. And we put together this app and it's going to be kind of like my 
birthday present, but sharing with the world that day. So, so you're giving uh, the world a present for your birthday. Yes. Yes. We're having a lot. That's my way of like celebrating, if you will. I just thought it'd be fun. You know, it's fun to release it then. And then just to um, kind of conclude that picture uh, also um, probably before either before the end of the year or right at the beginning of 22, uh, we're releasing a new version of an app that I put out years ago, which was very popular called sample Wiz. but this one is sample Wiz yeah. pro. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. So, cause it's been a while since we've seen, um, <clears throat> anything new from, yeah. Yeah. This one is going to blow your mind. Basically. It's really, uh, if you need that, I don't know, but it's really, I always <laughs> need that. I always <laughs> want it. Good attitude. Good attitude. Continuously blown, man. Come on. <laughs> I just keep putting my head back together. Don't need to have right. it blown again. In the morning, in the morning, you pick up the pieces and go, uh, okay, let's try. That's again. why I look like the way I do, man. <laughs> <laughs> this morning, the, today's version. <laughs> oh, man, <dude>. yeah, seriously. <laughs> it's really funny. Um, <laughs> anyway, so Sample is Pro is coming out. And then uh, it's probably no secret to some people that, that it's been a long time project for me in my first app uh, that won the billboard music app awards, about 12 years ago when the app store first was, you know, in existence was Morphwiz. Yes. And so now Morphwiz, I'm work, I've been working on Morphwiz pro. So sample is pro and Morphwiz pro. So that's been my app space. It's been mm-hmm. Polywave, which is coming out November 4th. And then those, other two, which are going to follow. And it's been really great. I just love working on stuff like that. It's been really cool. So um, yeah, that's kind of like my world. I love that. And of course, yeah, cause I, I want to go back a little further with uh, you have this incredible app. This app that's out there for everyone to know if they don't know about it is uh, geo shred. Thank you. Which when did that, what was, did that come out? 10 years ago? No, 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 no. That came out like two or three years ago, I think. Oh, no, I'm, I, was, I was thinking of more. We're thinking of, ge- no, you're thinking of geosynthesizer. <laughs> geosynthesizer, that's what I was thinking well, about. Yeah. Okay. I'm so glad you brought up Geoshred because I'd probably be hitting myself if we didn't talk about it because Geoshred is my biggest kind of like app to date. And, it, and, and at this point, it's my most quote unquote important app that I've ever released. And I say that because GeoShred has become more of a platform. And what I mean by that is GeoShred is not only like a musical instrument, it's also a controller. It's a very advanced, what they call MPE controller. Basically yes. what that means is that you're able to, on GeoShred, you're able to do things like put two fingers down and bend them in two different directions or mm-hmm. express you know, your sounds with everything very independent. Um, which is, you know, a big, a big cool deal. I introduced that concept 12 years ago <clears throat> with MorphWiz before it was even called anything like uh-huh. polyphonic expression or, you know, but then, you know, fast forward to now and it's become a thing. And uh, so GeoShred is like a really powerful controller to, to do stuff like that. And you can control any synthesizer with it. Um, but GeoShred also has a very cool sound engine in itself. And the kind of sound engine that it's called is physical modeling. Physical okay. modeling like, is like another way to produce sound. It's like you have sampling, you have subtractive synthesis, you have additive synthesis. You also have physical modeling. It's been around for a while, but my partner is one of the guys who invented physical modeling. He's out of Stanford University. Okay. His name is Julius Orion Smith. He's an awesome dude. And, and, and he and his partners, Pat Scandalis, 
Um, <clears throat> and uh, my guy Nick uh, created um, basically with the team that that created the um, the program. They all did their thing with it. Nick Percaro is kind of the iOS program, you know, deep programmer. Pat kind of like is a programmer physicist runs the company and right. Julius is a professor at Stanford. So those guys, you know, we partnered together and we have this amazing platform and it keeps getting better. Matter of fact, on the new dream theater album, I'm using some of the new geo shred sounds. I use the cello, uh -huh. which people can hear in the middle of the Epic track, uh, right dead center in the middle when it gets really super mellow, it's just John Petrucci and I playing and I'm on the iPad playing the cello sound and he's playing his electric guitar. Um, and I also played on Awaken the Master. I played the violin sound and I ran it through an application called Neural DSP, which is a really cool uh, signal processing that a lot of guitar guys are using. And I even ran my keyboard lead through that on the new album okay. too, as a point of interest. Um, right. But I managed to play a pretty cool like electric violin lead. Now that I said that, you can go back. And that was done played on my iPad. So those two things were literally my fingers on the pad. So GeoShred, thank you again for mentioning mm -hmm. it is, uh, you know, is a very current uh, and important app for my, you know, my creative output and my, my world. I mean, GeoShred was what, it, for me as a musician who, you know, I, I don't read music, I've never played the piano, I don't really know how to read music, but- Oh, then I should hang up, hold on, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, right. I didn't realize that man clicked the button. <laughs> that ends it. You're like, oh, I'm sorry, who are you? No longer well, friends. Why are we talking? Why, why, why are we even talking? But now, now I'll tell you why we're talking this because okay. with the GeoShred instrument, you know, and of course, notice I, I, I call it an instrument. I don't, yeah, like to ref, I don't refer to it as an app, even though it no, is. You're absolutely but, right. It's an instrument. And, and, and of course, anyone who's listening, like I am not paid by GeoShred or anybody to say this or Jay. You didn't get the last check I sent? Wait a minute. What happened? You're not supposed yeah. to say anything. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. But yeah. when I got that app and Same. I opened it up, the first thing I know, you know, you, first thing you notice is that it, it it's appealing to the eye. <laughs> but then if you just start kind of putting your fingers anywhere. Yeah. It. Like this? There it is. Yes. And see that, and that's the geo cello, correct? Right. And then I feel like I'm being serenaded right now. Yeah, and this is my iPhone that's running. And, and that the, was that the cello? Was that the <laughs> cello? Chico yeah, cello. See, and that's what I, that was. What I loved was because not only was I super excited about the Geo Shred just giving me this world of like kind of like what we talked about earlier it was like yeah. you know sound expression that then I guess now it's been a year right since uh, you released was it the Geo Sax the Geo Oboe. Yeah, yeah, the violin. yeah. In a little while, and, and like, I actually did a record. I actually recorded a song earlier, uh, uh, earlier in the year, where I used the geo oboe. Oh wow! Yeah, and cool. cool. 
what I love so much about that was that like for anyone who doesn't even know how to play music, you know, you've made it possible to pick something up and say, okay, you know what, this sounds right. This doesn't sound right. But if I do my, put my fingers here and here, this sounds right, but then I can slide, you know, and then all of a sudden it's like sure. people who don't have <clears throat> the, I don't, well, I don't yeah. believe that anyone doesn't have musical ability, but you know what I mean? Like people who generally don't think they can play all of a sudden you've right. kind of given them. Well, I mean, it's a good point because one of my, one of my goals in making these apps is to, is to allow people to come into the music making space that wouldn't ordinarily do that. And one of the ways that I do that is by offering an application, like in the geoshred sense that some patches just offer notes in a particular scale. And if you slide your finger around, you're just going to be like playing a blues scale. So in a sense, you can't go wrong, um, but it leads you into the music making space more quickly. You know, if you just have like, like right now, I've got more of a you know, chromatic type scale, you can play any note. But if I go in and I say, give me a C pentatonic scale, you can just run your finger on it. All of a sudden you'll be like, oh my God, this sounds so cool. You know, you'd be like, oh. You know, so I was wrong. That one. Um, (laughs) We can't talk anymore. (laughs) Wait, mark this day down. The last time I played a wrong note was in 53. I'm kidding. (laughs) You heard it here. I'm so glad that could be. This will be a headline on Blabbermouth, right? Right, right. right, Jordan Rudis plays bad note during podcasts. The bad note police would be knocking at my door. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, but anyway, that's uh, that's you know that's a bit of a concept for me is to is mm-hmm. to offer that kind of thing so people can make music more easily. You know, and it's it's cool because it's again this kind of goes back to a little bit backwards what we were talking about about how like you know as musicians and artists like we you know we like to give but at the same time you know we do it for ourselves. So you work with a team of like people that help you develop these things um so when you let, let let's use geo shred for example because it's the most visual one that i can think of in my head like yeah, did right. you just have that vision already in your mind like i want it to look this way and i want it i want to be able to you know slide and do all this or like did you just basically were you just able to tell someone like this is what I wanted to do. And then they came. Yeah, no, well, uh, it, you know, with GeoShred, every app that I do comes from a different place uh-huh. in the sense of that, like with GeoShred started with GeoSynthesizer and a partnership right. I had with a very nice, uh, very talented programmer called Rob Fielding, who had a basic kind of layout that looked a little like this, what GeoShred kind of looks like, uh-huh. but it didn't play like everything that GeoShred does. So I kind of took that idea and I ran with it and thought about how do I really want this to play? How do I want it to respond? What should it do? What should all these things do? How should you be able to move around the rows? How should you be able to do alternate tunings on it? How should it do pitch intelligence? And I was able to convey that vision or that message to my partners who are coding people Mm -hmm. um, and create the app. So, you know, I, I give them basically my input about everything to, to start the project off, then they code and then they send it back to me. I say, Oh, well, when you go like that, it really shouldn't do that. It'd be better if it did this and I'll describe it and, you know, and then we'll take the next steps. So there's that kind of thinking. And then there's like the type of thing where, you know, an app can get started with a, with a pure kind of vision of what it should look like, even from the 
beginning something like a more quiz pro that you'll see like that that's a result of kind of like wow i'm imagining these kind of like lines and colors and this kind of shape and like you know that's you know starting from a slightly different place um but always in my role in this in the app space is more of a person who has a particular kind of vision for what I want it to feel like, what I want it to sound like, what I want the experience to be. And one of my goals is to to always try to offer things that are cool, maybe bring people into the music space that wouldn't have been there before, but also be cutting edge. Right. Something that like is like really cool and different. And you, you know, like, wow, I've never seen that before. That's awesome. Like in sample is when we put that out, I was I had this idea, I literally like woke up with it one day, like, wow, you know, cool to play on like the the lines or whatever. But what happens if you play on the if you touch the waveform? What would that be like? Touch mm-hmm. different points of the waveform. And right. I spoke to my programmer, wonderful guy named Kevin Chartier, who programmed the original Morphwiz and Sample Wiz. And at first he was like, oh, I don't know, that seems really hard or I can't do it. And then he called me back like 10 minutes later. He's like, you know what? I can do that. And uh, and so then he made it happen. So it was really, really cool. I mean, it was awesome that you could, you know, it was like the first time I think that anybody saw like how you could play on a waveform. That's like, uh-huh. it's crazy, crazy cool stuff. I think I have Sample Wiz here. I can show you really quickly because it's fun to, it's fun to go back to that and point out just how cool it was. So, um, all right. So, yeah, I mean, here's one. You can, you know, you can literally see the waveform. And if you, wait, I got to turn up the volume. Otherwise you won't hear a freaking thing. So you can start playing around in in a way that you couldn't do um before here's one that's called touch the wave this is a great demonstration of it so yeah that's amazing <laughs> and every finger yeah. now you can go pick up your face again in the other room <laughs> wow <laughs> right blew it back on but yeah like stuff like that it's cool it's a cool idea and of course the new sample is that we're putting out continues on that idea and offers more flexibility but the idea that you could see a waveform right and you could touch anywhere that's, that's really because well, essentially you're able to play a waveform like you would an instrument <laughs> 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 yeah, you could play a waveform like you could an instrument. That's exactly, exactly right. Here's another patch that uses play on the wave. Wow. Yeah, see, I haven't even gone into this app yet. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So when you get when you got these ideas, was it kind of like, you know, like back to the future, like you, you hit your head on the toilet and you developed the flux capacitor and, you know. Um, yeah. How'd you know that? Yeah. I, I just know you, man. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> your story's oh, out now. I don't know how this I don't know how this shit comes into my head. I just don't know. You know, we can talk about that off the air maybe sometime, but uh yeah, it just happens. Well, we're both thinking the same way. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, you know, and so 
move like moving again, like moving forward. I mean, like you just keep continuing to put out all these apps and again, you know, to anyone listening, like it, 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 you've made it not only like attainable to, to play these things and to make music and, um, um, but you've made it affordable too. Right. Because the app world is such an amazing space. I mean, you got these guys like in India that are doing incredible things with GeoShred. You know, there, there are young kids that are playing like these amazing, like sitar kind of lines. And it's like, you know, they say to their parents, I want a musical instrument. I want to do this. And like, okay, you can buy them a sitar for like hundreds of dollars or maybe right. get them GeoShred for, you know, like $25 or the, this, the less expensive version is like $10. And all of a sudden they're doing this incredible stuff. It's changed the world. It's totally changed the world. These apps, these amazing things you can have in the palm of your hand and do things that you could never do before. It's yeah. so exciting. It's like, even though, even though this space has been available to people for a long time, people are still truly under finding out about it. And I'm just like, really, I can do that. Like on an app, it's that advanced. It's that cool. It's real. You know, I'm like, well, yeah, this is the world we live in. It's, it's nuts. It's exciting The create. And it opens up so many doors of creativity. Imagine the young person who like, you know, three years old and he's sitting there like with sample whiz or geo shred and they're putting their hand on this and doing that. Like where are they, where are they going to get to? Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's, uh, it's an amazing thought. And the other thing that's a beautiful thing about it also is again, for someone who's, you know, for, I would say for any musician is that like, if you've ever felt kind of tied or bound to just one instrument yeah, by doing something like, you know, any of these apps or whatever, is that it kind of opens creative windows in your mind to make you feel like, Wow, I, I I can be more of a in, like a musician than I thought I was, but then also kind of like what I was telling you before is that like I've actually started like learning how to play the you know the keys online mm-hmm. because I got so into the Geo Shred then I moved over to um, you know you know my M Audio uh, MIDI keyboard and started doing stuff on my Windows recording machine. But now I'm learning. Yeah. And so it's, it, it, it really is a door opening experience. And like you said, if someone's parents go out and buy some, their kid, a $200 keyboard, they're out 200 bucks. But if they spend 25 bucks on the geo shred to see if it even interests them, a full geo shred, the full (laughs) geo shred, go big guys, go big or go home. Right. Yeah. There you go. I like it. But I mean, You've got so much going on. That's great. You got the new Dream Theater album. Unfortunately, the tour got um, postponed for this year, which mm-hmm. I have to say, as much as it sucks as a fan, I, I tip my hats to you guys because it was a very responsible and hard decision to make, I'm sure. Yes, yes. as you know. Yeah. But we're, we're going to see you guys in 2022, correct? Absolutely. We're going to do yeah. that. I'm going to see you in 2022. You know, we've got, I've gotten so much better at these apps since the last time we saw oh, each yeah. other. I got a lot so, of cool stuff, new stuff to show you. Yeah. You're going to get a polywave lesson from me really soon. I can't wait, man. But dude, thank you so much for sharing all this with everybody. And like I said, this is a new world that I hope that people will open themselves up to as musicians and music fans, you know? 
Awesome, man. Well, it's just so much fun to talk to you about all this stuff. And, you know, we, I think we covered a lot of, a lot of good ground. Today. Look, this is like the first part of a seven part series that will from here on be two days each. So, right. Right. You know. So I'll see you tomorrow to continue. <laughs> what are you doing at midnight? <laughs> keep going, right, right. We, we can do night shift from like yeah. 12 to six, you know? Right. So. Right. Yeah. Because we only covered a fraction of what's really going on. We have to. Right. We'll have to do a part two. You know, what we should do is we should have it. Uh, we should have a chat like this, but we should close it down because it has such like the kind of information that we can't let the general public hear. We have to put it behind a wall of some sort. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like like a lot of a lot of muting and like black bars, you know, right, so they right. can't see shit. But if you want but if you want to access that material and know what we're really talking about, <laughs> take the plunge, you know. Look at y'all. This is the adult version of Jordan right. Rudis. I love it. The, 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 cool, the pay, you know, it's like your only fan site, but not really. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I think I, it's a good time to stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, thanks for being on again, man. And uh, like I said, congrats on all the great work you've been doing. And uh, thank you from you know, me as a friend and as a fan for all that you've doing to keep us sane in these and fucked up times, man. And entertain. Good, good. Awesome. Great. Well, great to see you. And you and I will talk soon. So hot, her body is on fire. That's right, Mom. Don't stop the action.